hey, you know what? When we get to this section on the profile in two takes, I may mention a nickname, okay? And that might stretch it a little bit. I'm going to say the name. This isn't a spoiler alert. This is a tease. Dollar Bill. And I mentioned that. Oh, please. If I say that his close friends just call him Dollar, don't act like I made that bullshit up because maybe I didn't. Okay? <laughs> maybe I didn't. <laughs> what? What? What are we, Fox News now? What are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, you know what? You know how I like to make it sound like I was a little closer to Bill than maybe I was. <laughs> oh, God. That is so pathetic. <laughs> There's one thing they have hero worship, John, but this is like on another level. This is getting, oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Well, I, I, you can I, end I, up, I, you can end up on another no-fly list. Do you want that? Yeah. No, I don't think you do. Okay. All right, let's go. Well, you ready? Let's do the show. Okay. Hey, you're here. Thank God. I was wondering where you went. Yeah. It's time for the Bro Show. Oh, sure yeah. is. Yeah, and my name's Jerry. My name's John. Wow, you picked that up quick. That yeah. was good. Yeah. Hey, we are the bros. We're actually related. We do a show, an, a, a podcast. Okay. Most people yeah. our age do a podcast, I believe, if they're men or even close. Right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we close. have a podcast. Every Saturday morning we do a podcast. We are in our 12th season. This is the 17th episode of our 12th season each season has an animal that animal is a meerkat yes a meerkat and we have a meerkat story every saturday morning when we do the show also you know i can't say every saturday morning and show without thinking of a cartoon john do you have that problem no well top cat i guess not (laughs) yeah okay all right we have a meerkat story because this is season of the meerkat and then the second thing we have is a word that we ran into when we were researching The third thing we do is we have two takes on a given topic, and we explore those two takes together as a topic, a segment. Last but not least, we have two, count them, two, groaners, bad jokes. Bad Bad jokes. jokes. Yeah. All right, dude. That's what we got going. Yeah. Yeah. So if you just got here and you're new, that's the deal. You can subscribe. Just go to bro.show. That's it. No dot com. None of that crap. Just bro.show, and you'll see a big subscribe button. Subscribe, wow. and you don't have to pay a penny. And every Saturday morning, 11 o'clock, you'll get the show. Think of it. Right? Yeah, it's good. It is good. Don't get harassed hey. like every day or something. It's just one time a week, and you'll yeah. be looking forward to it. It's very polite, I think. It goes right in your email box. So no big deal. Hey, hey, you got anything on? Got anything on? I am above, wearing clothes You today. know, above the belt. You are above wearing the clothes. Belt. Yeah, I'm wearing clothes. You know, items that people would identify as clothes, not the usual garbage I have on. Okay, so uh, I'm wearing a T-shirt, John, that says season season of, drumroll, the meerkat. <gasps> nice. Mm-hmm. I went yeah. back a little bit further, but not very far, and got on my tea, my gray tea, season of the whale, w.bro.show. Oh. It's a beautiful animal. And by the way, I was going to ask you before the show, I forgot to. What whale mm-hmm. is that on the on our on the on the shirt? That's a juvenile uh, sperm whale. Juvenile sperm. Thank you, boy. You're I'll, welcome. Because I want to yeah. be able to impart that information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got little it. seagulls. He got little seagulls around him. He's talking yeah. to him. 
He's happy that it's his season. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, dude. So that's what's wow. going on there. Hey, listen, you, we do have a sponsor. Our sponsor is Animal Legal Defense Fund. Uh, the fund's mission is to protect the lives and advance the interest of animals through the legal system. They're a, non, they're a 501c3 nonprofit. And how do they do this? By filing high-impact lawsuits to protect the animals, those critters from harm, providing free legal service to other attorneys that are, uh, you know, looking to, uh, you know, provide their legal services for animal protection and fighting hard to make sure that we got the laws in effect to make uh, animals safe. And I just noticed that, you know, this, this organization does a good job of spending their money for benefits. They only use 6% of their money for admin and um, a little bit more for fundraising and 82% for providing uh, program benefits. And best of all, best mm. guys here at the Bro Show, they do have swag. Oh, do they ever have swag? Yeah. You know, I chart my T-shirts out, you know, ahead of time. So I this is a little spoiler. Next week, I'm going to be wearing my Animal Legal Defense, Defense Fund T-shirt for uh, orcas, protecting oh, orcas. Nice, Drain the tanks. That's a, that's a good tease. I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I could get in a lot of uh, infinite pleasure from basically taking an inventory and perhaps putting some sort of order to them. Because I have a temptation mm-hmm. to use some of them that are on the top, like the, this whale one, which I really like, and it feels yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah. But I need to be a little spread my wings a little bit and get adventurous and use some of the other ones. I think you do too. Uh, I, I I try hard to mix it up, but I tend to go back to the same T-shirts because they're comfortable, and, and yeah. I Don't like the colors. colors. Color two yeah, C's exactly. for me. Yeah, me too. I'm the same way. Hey, you know what? Uh, the other thing I must mention is that, you know, when you buy a T-shirt from the Legal Defense Fund, you know, the, obviously that money goes to the Animal Legal Defense Fund. Little known fact that when you buy one of our T-shirts, the Brochure T-shirts, that money also 100% goes to the Animal Legal Defense Fund. We do this every season. Yes. And we have we have six meerkat t-shirts and six meerkat mugs and they are outstanding generated by artificial intelligence you know and they are crazy and cool and good and if you want to buy one of those it will still go to the animal legal defense fund just go to merch m-e-e-r-c-h dot bro dot show or merch nice merch take your money either one yeah you see it go there have fun. You know, we, we, we haven't mentioned in a long time the fact that we do not take money for advertising. And yeah, that's uh, a good this thing is important. We should this mention is. it occasionally because we kind of take it for granted. And the mm. point is that we're not only not taking money, but we're helping them raise money. That's right. So we're just providing free fundraising services, so services right. for our sponsors. We do have a meerkat story. It's very exciting. Very exciting. Uh, this is about meerkat technology. And this Ooh. is really the second meerkat technology story we've had. The last yeah. one we had was, you know, listening to the constellations in the heavenly bodies with radio telescopes, the meerkat radio telescope array. This is not that, but it is somewhat related, but it has a more terrestrial role. Yeah. It, it, it's sort of getting down to earth a little bit too, actually. Quite, quite. 
Yeah, the venality of mankind is what it deals with. I'm getting a little upset now. I'm getting upset. Really? Go ahead, take it, John. You better talk. I, I can't talk about it. Well, here, the thing is that this is a technology that uses a variety of pieces of, of information or collecting data. Some of it, you know, we think of just the getting, uh, uh, we can take a look at images, or maybe we can get sounds, or maybe we can do this kind of stuff at night. All of a sudden, we collect information in a variety of ways. We put it through an algorithm. And we're able to really find things very specifically. And yeah. that's what this technology will do for us. And, what, what's it called? Uh, it's called Meerkat it's called Wide Area Pro Surveillance System. Isn't yeah, it? System. Wax. exactly. And what what I found by looking at this is that, what, well, what's it good for? Well, back, we're back, back to where the old meerkats are. That's South Africa. And there's a large park called Kruger Park. And Kruger Park is probably has as many rhinoceros as any of the national parks in in, in South Africa. The problem mm -hmm. is that they utilize this wonderful technology called postcode meerkat as a major force in trying to eliminate rhino poaching, uh, poaching incidents in high risk areas uh, with mm -hmm. this wonderful system that is somewhat portable. Uh, now, Kruger mm -hmm. Park. This national park is about uh, it's about a quarter the size of the state of Indiana. So, it, but it's still pretty big. And that's back, big. Uh, yeah, and back uh, the highlight, the 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 worst time with respect to this poaching started back in 2008 when the when uh, the the rhino um, horns became very valuable as a for a means of medicine also for you know cosmetic purposes uh you know they were just a good thing to have wear on a necklace etc so what's yeah. happening is that they've been yeah they've been able with this wonderful technology to take over 95 percent of the poaching activity has been uh detected and they've been able to you know areas where they use this they've gone from you know two or three poaching incidents uh every day to just a couple for the whole year. So it's done a great job in, in terms of doing this. Uh, but the, the, one of the problems lies in the fact that this is such an immense area that we have to cover mm -hmm. that they where it's used, it's great, but they don't have necessarily the resources to pull it off and, and do that. So they have to use other tactics, tactics such as using, you know, personnel on the ground, tracking dogs, helicopters, aircraft, Mm. Uh, you know, all kinds of wonderful stuff. One quick mention of the technology behind this and what it's called. It's the Meerkat Wide yeah. Area Surveillance System, and it's been very successful in this park, and they would like to expand it to other parks in Africa. They're working between countries to do this, and this is very noble and good work, and it's very effective. It uses, John, this is kind of interesting. It uses two kinds of technology. It uses ground radar which has been used for a while in different things, to locate activity, then it uses electro-optical sensors to actually hone in on where what's going on in that radar. So, for instance, you get radar blips over in this area in the northeast, part of the park, then you aim this these electro-sensors at that area to further define whether it's human or animal. Then you discover it's mm. animal, then you can further use the technology with some, they have some laser technology that just added recently that allows you to figure out what it is they're carrying, how fast they're moving, et cetera. Then you call out the dogs, in this case, helicopters, 
and they send send the uh, the Rangers out there to pick up the poachers. It's been very effective. Sounds they reduce poaching by almost ninety percent. I am so glad you mentioned the word animal rather than rhino, because you see there are other animals that maybe need some of this protection from poaching too. One of those might be an elephant. And rather than the horn of the elephant that is that is, is valuable, it might be the tusk of an elephant. And so perhaps we need to have a little bit more education as to what a tusk is versus a horn on a rhino. What do you think? I'm, I'm glad you mentioned this because that <laughs> takes us right into our word. And our word today is tusk. T-U-S-K. Tusk. Yes. A tusk is not a horn, John. Thank you. In fact, this is the kind of uh, education a guy who is just clueless with respect to biology and science needs, namely a podcasting personality myself. And I'm so glad that this was brought to my attention. Yes. And what is the difference? <laughs> Do you remember? Well, the difference lies in the fact that the tusks are actually the teeth of the mammals that protrude beyond the mouth. So That's that right. when you're taking a look at uh, the tusk of an elephant, and not only is it protruding, but it also doesn't stop growing. It's always growing. And and so that's, in, well, a horn obviously is, projects from an animal's head. And, mm -hmm. is, and, that's, and so that's the difference. So the rhino, you know, the horn right there in the center of its head. And then we've got the tusk coming out of the mouth of the elephant. And that's the difference. Yeah, yeah one's made so. out of the dentine and the stuff that they're made out of and the other is made out of bone and, and keratin or hair so keratin. yeah yeah i actually mm -hmm. went up to look up the definition of keratin because you see dummy mm -hmm. me with, with, with this stuff found it's a more crusty portion of the skin that can allow the support for the horn that's uh, right you know so it's the outer outer layer they, they it's the outer caps. layer yeah it's the yeah, outer layer yeah. bison have have uh they have bones coming out for the horns and then they have a cap on top of them Wow. Pretty cool. Yeah. All good. Yep. All right, That's... dude. So, hey, we knocked that out. I think it's time to talk about somebody that you claim a certain level of familiarity with, and that would be Bill Bradley. Bill Bradley. Uh, Bill Bradley is the, uh, you know, the, the, he's the athlete. He's the, he's the statesman as a senator. He was, and he was also then a, 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 a very successful finance guy. So where does Bill Bradley fit in? Well, Bill Bradley actually lived about 25 miles from us when we lived out in a little, a little town outside of St. Louis called Dittmer, Missouri. And Bill actually was born in Crystal City, Missouri, about 25 miles mm. away. And in 1943, it's only three years difference for me. I had an opportunity to be close to him because he was a, a he was an incredible basketball star as a high school. Uh, student, and he won the state championship there three years in a row in Missouri. And I had a, and I knew about it because I followed basketball even at the high school level at the time. Bill got his uh, start in basketball at the age of nine. He grew up to almost his full height by the time he's early into high school, six foot five. And this guy, there's three words, I, there's two words I think of with respect to Bill Bradley. One of them is is the fact that he's selfless. And also rigor. He believed in an intense amount of exercise, a rigorous practice schedule. He would spend seven hours a day, seven days a week, practicing uh, not only basketball by like, you know, shooting it, which most guys do. But this guy's putting lead, lead shivers, slivers into his shoes 
10 of these mm-hmm. weights and then dribbling mm-hmm. around, uh, you know, chairs. Chairs uh, and blindfolded. Yeah. And blindfolded because he realized that you shouldn't be watching the ball while you dribble. So uh, th- th- this guy, and he had this unusual sense of his peripheral vision physically was just a little bit more than usual. And that skill set he would take and also felt it was a need for you to on the court is not only like most guys, what they do is they got a spot. Well, there's where I'm going to shoot from. That's my best spot. Bill, anytime he's on a basketball, had full sense where the basket was, whether he was looking at it or whether his back was to it. And he would demonstrate Mm -hmm. this skill by taking a basketball and he could flip it over his head, you know, over the shoulder. And in many, in most cases would hit the basket. So this guy had all these incredible things. So what did he do with it? Well, after he gets done with high school, he goes to he gets 75 offers, scholarship offers, athletic scholarship. And he decides to go to Duke University. But at the during the summer, he ends up hurting himself and saying, you know what? I got to look beyond basketball. Life is more than basketball. I need to go to a school that's going to really equip me for life. He then fell. He knew about Princeton a little bit. So he looked into it and he ended up going to Princeton. But at Princeton, no, no athletic scholarships. His family mm-hmm. very well off. His father was a bank president, uh, et cetera. And so Bill got, had to pay for the full ride to get his education. And also Bill realized that Crystal City High School wasn't exactly fully equipping him to go scholastically to go an Ivy League school. So he had to work right. very hard, had mediocre grades to start out with by the end of his whole a college career. He was uh, summa cum laude and, uh, you know, and, and, and really took it to the point that he parlayed that into a Rhodes scholarship. Now, That's Bill, right. at the same time, is also becoming the best basketball uh, player in the country. And he ends up becoming All-American for three years. And in, ad- in addition to that, he is uh, uh, voted the, his main thing. His highlight of his whole thing is taking a school not known for basketball, such as Princeton, and taking it all the way into the final four of the NCAA tournament, as we call the big dance now. Mm-hmm. And Bill was able to, in the this, the, the third place <clears throat> game, get 58 points and win the MVP of the tournament, even though Princeton uh, was not the, the, the winner. So uh, in addition, and so he gets done with his, his college, so more basketball. He's on the U.S. Olympic team of 64. He's not only the youngest guy on the team, he's the captain of the team. Whoa. And he then, of course, takes them also to win their sixth gold medal in a row as for that. So wow. uh, he, so he's, and then what happens is that he uh, ends up, uh, the, the funny thing about the selfless is that Bill got his coach, he would drive his coach crazy because Bill did not like to be in the spotlight. He would constantly be passing the ball in that peripheral vision, gave him an opportunity to make these incredible passes to his to his teammates. But his teammates also realized that, you know what, the best thing I can do right now, throw the ball back to Bill and make him shoot. And so that's <laughs> tricky. Yeah. So the problem was, you know, you, you take two years off uh, off of basketball and for the Rhodes Scholar over in England. And it might leave you a little rusty as to what to play basketball. But for Bill, what he did is he, he he didn't believe in idle time. He's, no. he's getting two years of road scholarship, a rigor of Oxford University. And he's twiddling his thumb and says, well, what am I going to do? In the... So he goes and plays in Italy. 
he ends up taking the uh, the some of the the teams that he played in like you know he took them all the way and won European uh, championships for the whole Jesus. So wow, wow. Now one of the things that's happening in this at this point is that we're in the '60s, and the '60s is a point in time with a you know there's a lot of commotion with the Vietnam War and et cetera. So there was a lot of look mm-hmm. upon college graduates of what or getting drafted, they, but everybody, you know, should be doing their full service. Bill mm-hmm. didn't mess around. What he did is after he, he finished up his uh, his work at Oxford University, he was very proactive and joined the Air Force, did his uh, six months of active duty, went to the uh, reserves and ended up becoming a, a first lieutenant uh, and getting an honorable discharge. So, I mean, every there's everything is here. I mean, there's it's, it's crazy. He goes then, he was drafted back in 65 when he actually uh, close to when he graduated, but he had to wait two more years before he could get, do the program. When you say drafted, you're talking about the MLB. NBA. Right, right. Yeah, NBA sorry, draft. That's a good point. Yeah. The NBA draft, and yeah, not to com- be, be confused with the Air Force or the Army draft. Um, yeah, that'd right. be interesting if Bill both got drafted and went to the Army and the Air Force, but he's he's not Superman. Okay. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet We're not, not done, yet. though. Exactly. This segment's not over yet, though. Okay, so uh, the thing is that it took a little while for Bill to get his his basketball skills back, and it, the pro is is you know taking it at the higher level, and but eventually he was he, he brought uh, he was a the leader in bringing the NBA championship to the Knicks twice in the 70s, 70 and seventy three, and since then have the Knicks won a championship? I no, don't think so. No, they have not. <laughs> no, they have not. So now, 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 Bill was the kind of guy where he had a good, you know, good career, nine years in the NBA um, and, and, and basically was a selfless thing. You're not going to find a guy that's averaging 25 points a game. He's a guy that's, you know, is 12 points a game and a lot of assists, et cetera. But at the time, he's also doing his basketball. He realizes there's, you know, a limit to this. So he's also cultivating, uh, writing some books about his experience in the NBA. And all his books, he wrote seven of them all together, six of which made the uh, New York Times all, all, all a bestseller list. His books were a combination of autobiographical and lessons learned. So he wow. did a good job with that. But he also decided, as he's finishing up his uh, this thing with the Knicks, that he wanted to, to uh, learn a little bit more about world in general, social causes, political issues. So he, he ran he, he created a lot of relationships with either academics or uh, government officials, business people, just to see what he might want to do as he left his academic uh, career. And sure enough, what he decided to do was run for Senate in the state of New Jersey, and he won uh, he won three terms there, 18 years. And Bill then gathered a reputation of taking upon complex issues and trying to develop them this and that, because they took a look at Bill and said, oh, there's a Princeton grad, we'll give him a tough problem. We need to have an egghead involved in this. And that's what he kind of got a reputation of, of doing. So he also, you know, when it comes to environment, all that stuff, the tax reform is the one they threw at him. And he was able to actually get some tax for reform done so that a lot of the loopholes were eliminated to make doing your taxes a little bit easier. You got a reputation then, for that. He did. And he ended up and what he would do to, to and some, you know, some he would do to keep close to his constituents every Labor Day weekend. He would be, do a walk from the beginning to the end, from a, the north to the south of the New Jersey shoreline. And wow. he did that for two reasons, to basically get an idea of how 
maybe some of the environmental challenges that we had were was existing within his own state. And also he broadcasted it to the point that his constituents wanted to come out and walk with him and discuss things, they were right there. So he was very open about that. After mm. his 18 years in the Senate, he decided to run for president. And mm. he was considered a, was Gore's, uh, an ad, uh, would be his opponent in the, the Democratic uh, primaries. And he developed two different things that were noticed there. One is he, uh, his relationships got him a fair number of endorsements. And also, he showed the ability to raise a substantial mon- uh, monetary resources through a very successful f- fundraising that resulted in him getting the nickname Dollar Bill. Okay. Oh, yeah. So the poor, you know, all, and so what happened though, reality finally hit and, uh, and Gore was, uh, was able to get the presidential nominee. But um, so he, he was able to do that, but he realized he needed to move on from there. And what he did was he decided to become, he had this, this, this skill set, the acumen with respect to finances. So he became a corporate consultant and an investment banker. And since 2001, has been a director of Allen and Company, a boutique investment company. So, wow. uh, you know, we could we could spend a whole the whole our whole time with respect to the innumerable awards and honorary degrees. But the one that really caught my interest was the fact that he was has been awarded the Distinguished Eagle Scholar Scholar uh, Eagle Scout Award, Scout. the Distinguished Eagle Scout Award. Now, what? Yeah. So here, I forgot to mention earlier that Bill Bradley was a Boy Scout. He became an Eagle no Scout. No kidding. But he took it a step further, and what this award is given to is the tra- attributes and the things you learn, the way to help and service your community. If you're able to continue that for the rest of your life, you are given this award. And that's what Bill got. He got the Distinguished Eagle Scout Award. Wow. So, uh, you know, but his name is not forgotten with respect to Princeton University. He's no. a, They basically have... A, you know, got the Bill Bradley papers with an extensive collection of documents and records chronically, you know, showing his, uh, his uh, Senate career, his MBA career, his years in Princeton and Rhodes Scholar, etc. And also, if you go to their art museum, you're going to see a beautiful portrait of, of, of Bill that was just recently um, they decided to have somebody do. So it's right there with some of the other uh, grads of, of Princeton, such as President Wilson. Uh, Chief Justice uh, Sonia uh, Sonia Mayer, and also Alan Turing, uh, the computer considered like the oh, wow. uh, one who started computer scientists science, um, and so it's really cool. Like I said, he's done seven books. In addition to the fact he hosts a weekly radio show called American Voices, and on this show, he usually shares the unique perspective of the American and international sh- uh, showcase by highlighting remarkable accomplishments of people, both famous and unknown. You know what? I think he got that idea from the bro show. I think he did, John. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, all you, I got. You, you and is Dollar are pretty enough. tight, as I understand it. <laughs> yeah, you know what the deal is. I mentioned Dollar Bill as his name and because of this financial acumen he has. And I've heard from close sources that if you really want to gather his attention, all you got to do is holler out a shortened version of that nickname and just holler out, hey, Dollar, he will respond. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> now, don't t- now, if, do me a favor and don't tell Bill I told, told you that, okay? Okay, I'll keep it to myself. I'll keep it to myself. <laughs> Next time I see him, I won't say a word. I won't say anything. That was amazing, John. 
he also so that's, he, he was he's one of many people who attempted to get uh, uh, the Black Hills back for the Lakota. That's right. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I I kind of there's just so much to say, but that's so a, much. that's an important one. Yeah, and I think it's, yeah. I'm glad you did mention that. Good and, job, John. Uh, uh, yeah, job. what a guy! What a guy! All right, let's have some groaners. Okay, two groaners, and the first groaner I have is. This is a, a, a Princeton University grown. <laughs> when a new student at Princeton asks an upperclassman, where's the library at? What was the upperclassman's response? Right before the at. Never end a sentence with a preposition. <laughs> That's what I said. I know you did. I, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I, you're absolutely right. You are 100% right. Spot on. Okay, here's the last one. What type of dinosaur writes English romance novels? What? Oh, I know. I know. What? I know. Okay. A Brontosaurus. You got it! Yeah!